0: Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Canby. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Carson. Hey, this is the Media Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Welcome back, WNBA Nation. How's it going? My name's Kyle Haywood, and I have been Mia for the last little bit want to apologize about that. We had um, three different, of course things always come in threes, right? Three different um, medical issues that hit my family that took me personally out. Um, so I apologize about that. But I am back and as of the time of this recording, conference tournaments are just about to start. This episode will probably come out several days after I actually record this. But I want you guys to all know um, that that's where the, the figures, the, the points per game that I'm going to be using, all of that, all the stats come at the uh, beginning before any conference tournament start. So those are supposed to start tomorrow as of the recording of this episode. Um, so obviously there may be a couple things here and there. Hopefully, fingers crossed and, and, and knocking on wood here that we don't have any injuries to any of these players that I'll be talking about today. So. Welcome to the pre-March Madness 2023 WNBA Mock Draft uh, Edition. I've been really excited to make this all season long. I've been watching these players, been watching a ton of women's basketball, a ton of college women's basketball. Um, And primarily, that's kind of where uh, I sit with this, is these are all going to be college players that I'm talking about today. Obviously, there's a couple international names that will... Take a look at, but this year in particular, I don't see, I don't think there's going to be an international player taken in the first round. I just don't see that happening. Um, so, with that in mind, we're going to stick mostly with college players. Um, I'm going to be doing uh, this in a two part uh, episode, so I am recording all of it today. So, you're listening to part one right now. Part two will probably come out the day after this one releases, so make sure you're checking back for that. Um, but I want to go through who I think will be the first round draft picks as it stands right now. This is who I see going um, on these individual takes. Now, I'm not going to mention like the actual teams as we go. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to pick one through 12. All right. Um, Just to keep things flowing, keeping it it pretty pretty simple here. Um, So without further ado, let's hop right in. All right, I don't think this is any surprise at all that I'm taking this player first overall. I think everybody's thought this for the last several seasons, but Aliyah Boston out of South Carolina is going to be your number 1 draft pick unless something absolutely crazy happens. There is no reason why Boston won't be number taking number 1 overall and likely heading out to Indiana. So, with Aaliyah Boston going to South Carolina. Um, I think a lot of people, there's been some questions by maybe, uh, some people who, who doesn't necessarily follow super close. They're wondering, they're like, why is she going so high? Her numbers aren't off the charts, you know, like it, her points per game are going to be the lowest that you will see pretty much in this entire first round. I believe she has the lowest points per game prior to heading into conference tournaments of anybody going that I have going in the first round. Now, That being said, we have to take context into everything. Aaliyah Boston does not need to be dominant individually on this South Carolina team. There are so many other players, a couple of which we may hear a little bit about later. There are several other players on the South Carolina team that can do so much, and there's no reason why Aaliyah Boston has to go out and do it all herself. So currently she stands at, she's listed at six foot five. She's a, she's a big, she's a forward. Um, She's, she has 13.3 points per game, 9.7 rebounds per game, and just shy of two assists per game. That's where she's at. Um, And again, she does not have to be dominant and put up insane numbers, although her rebounds are pretty impressive. Um, but Aliyah Boston is hands down the best player in this draft class. And it's, it takes, all you got to do is watch a game to, to be able to tell that. She also, uh, South Carolina has an insane margin of victory, average margin of victory. It's, it's way up there. So she also doesn't have to play late into the games. She's able to sit down and rest a lot of times in that fourth quarter. And so, yeah, her points per game and her overall stats are going to take a little bit of a hit simply because she's sitting and she's not going to be in the game the whole time. So there you have it. Leah Boston, no surprise there. That's that's just a given. All right. At my number two spot, I actually have diamond Miller. Diamond Miller was on my radar for the last couple seasons. I was wondering what was going to happen. Um, She has had a phenomenal season at Maryland and has really kind of made her mark and put a lot of the rest of, you know, the, the rest of NCAA basketball on notice. She stands, she's listed at six foot three. She plays a guard and she, uh, she's averaging 19.9 points per game, 6.4 rebounds per game and 2.8 assists per game. Diamond Miller can kind of do everything. She's a big guard that is very athletic. Uh, she did have kind of an injury, uh, early, uh, you know, a a little while ago that not this season, but uh, in a previous season that kind of hindered her a little bit, she's back. She's absolutely tearing it up. Maryland, um, has done a ton with what they've had this season. Um, the big 10 in general is absolutely stacked across the board and Maryland, uh, you know, I think is the three seed heading into the big 10 tournament. Um, and, but that's not to say that. You know, they couldn't win the whole thing. They're a phenomenal team. This Maryland squad is very, very good. And Diamond Miller is kind of that 1A person that leads uh, the Terps. So Diamond Miller, I've got going number two. Uh, Haley Jones is actually who I have going number three. And I had her at number two for a lot of this season. Um, Quite a bit throughout this season, I had her up at number two. Um, but right now she's at number three and it's kind of a soft three. I think that I honestly do think that two through five in this draft class all could be somewhat interchangeable depending on the teams that are going to be selecting their picks and kind of where, you know, what their preference is. I don't think that there's a huge, huge gap between my number two and my number five. I think that they're pretty... Pretty well spread out, or, or pretty well even across the board. I think it comes down to preference and what uh, who's going to fit best with each team. Haley Jones is also a pretty good-sized guard. She's listed at 6'1". Um, she averages 13.5 points per game. And here's where Haley Jones stands out. She averages nearly nine rebounds per game as a guard. That is all alongside the fact that she's playing... With Hannah Jump and Cameron Brink and these other really great rebounders, that you know the fact that she's also in there rebounding very well. She also has a, a great um, a great read of the floor. She keeps her head up while she's uh, while she's facilitating. Um, she also, I believe, has the highest assist per game of anybody I've got going in the first round here. Um, let me check. Yes, she does at four assists per game. So Haley Jones, I think, I think is. WNBA ready. Um and I think she's been playing with other WNBA ready or WNBA uh, potential like prospects at Stanford and so I think she's kind of used to that uh playing with those types of players. Haley Jones is has been good for many years. I think she's kind of a safe bet. I don't I don't know if Haley Jones is going to come in and, you know, necessarily win Rookie of the Year, but she's a very safe bet. She's a she's someone who you can take in and, and really feel good about and know that you're not going to be uh, having a bust. That's, that's kind of how I see her. Her ceiling may not be quite as high as some of these other players, but I don't. I think her floor is – she has a very high floor. Um, I don't think she's going to bust at, at all. I think Haley Jones is a very safe pick, so I've got her at three. Jordan Horston coming in at my number four out of Tennessee. Uh, she's a 6'2 guard. Um, is what she's listed at right now. And now, some of these players do kind of move throughout. When you have somebody who plays uh, sometimes on the wings, some of these players will play out on the wing at times with different different sets from their team. So I'm just I'm literally just going off of what their university lists them at right now. Some of them may be better as a point guard or a wing or a uh, power forward, like just across the board on any of these players, I'm simply giving you what their college website lists them at right now. Um, So just that's kind of where we're at with this. Okay. Um, Jordan Horston, six foot two. She's averaging 15.2 points per game, uh, 6.9 rebounds per game and 1.3 assists per game. Uh, Jordan Horston and Rekia Jackson, these two Tennessee players are, Uh, they're very, very good. They have been phenomenal for Tennessee. Tennessee has probably been a little bit um, underwhelming. They've been a little bit, I guess you could even say disappointing from what a lot of people expected of them at the beginning of the season. That being said, I feel like Jordan Horston's draft stock has stayed really strong. Um, I think preseason, I had her listed at three um, and she's only dropped to four simply because I had Diamond Miller who went from my number four all the way up to my number two, so it's not been necessarily that Horston's been bad, but it's simply that I do think Diamond Miller has elevated herself up to that number two spot, which obviously just bumps Haley Jones and Jordan Horston down to three and four. So Horston's Horston solid, um, again big, um, a pretty good size guard, and that's where I think both uh, all of Diamond Miller, Haley Jones, Jordan Horston. They're all kind of that guard could could play anywhere from the one to the three, but they all have pretty decent size. They're six one, six two, six three. Like they're all they're all pretty good size players that I think are, and I think a lot of WNBA um, executives are looking at a guard that can come in with size that can guard players that uh, have length, and I think that's where these three fit really well because they can they're quick enough to and athletic enough to guard down to the one but they also have a little bit of length and can guard out to the two and the three. And I think that on the defensive end, that's really, that speaks well to all three of these last players. Rikia Jackson, I'm already talking about Tennessee. So let's throw uh, her in as well. Um, Forward. She's listed as a forward. She's also six two. She has been very consistent as far as her scoring goes for Tennessee Um, averaging just shy of 19 points a game, six rebounds a game and 1.3 assists. Um, Horston and Jackson really have been kind of the whole show for Tennessee. They've played very well. I think the surrounding pieces for Tennessee have been kind of the weak point for that team this year, but Horston and Jackson really have looked strong, um, in my opinion. And in fact, um, Jackson, I had pretty far down on my preseason she was really like a ways, a ways down um, that I, I didn't. I, she wasn't necessarily like one that I was really big on. She has totally changed my mind. I've got her all the way up to number five in my mock draft right now. So looking really strong for these two players, I would be surprised if either of these two players drop beyond like the seven or eight pick. Um, I could see. I could see some other players maybe making a stretch uh, moving up, especially we'll see what happens here in March. But Horston and Jackson both, in my opinion, are uh, near lottery picks for this WNBA draft. All right, we're going to wrap up kind of the first uh, of part one here with who I have at number six. And this is simply because this player has been as electric as anybody not named Caitlin Clark. And honestly, she kind of... She kind of might be even as electric as Caitlin Clark, and that's Maddie Sechrist out of Villanova. Um, I know I probably have her higher than a lot of people. Um, at I've, I've got her at six. I know some people probably have her quite a bit lower than that. I really like. Um, I really like a six foot one wing scorer. I don't think that anybody in the WNBA is is going to be upset by someone who can just put up buckets. Um, I mean, we've seen so many players come in and be able to carve out a piece, uh, for themselves simply because they can put up points. Um, I mean, look at Enrique um, you know, she she can just really take over on the offensive side of the floor. Now, I don't think Maddie Segrist or Enrique Agumboale are comparative players, um, in their style of play in any way. So let me be clear there. But I do think that that could be a, a piece that Maddie could, could play in the WNBA, Someone who can shoot, um, who has good vision, who moves into space very well and just knows where to be in order to get a good look at the hoop. She leads the country in scoring, um, beating out even the likes of Caitlin Clark. She's phenomenal. She's adding a ton of eyes onto Villanova basketball this year. Um, shes at, I, I guess I should give you her numbers. 29.0 points per game, but that's not all she does. She also averages 9.1 boards per game. So she's she works hard not just for shots but for rebounds as well. 1.4 assists per game. She's phenomenal. I really like her. She's an ex, uh, exciting player, and maybe it's just some of the uh, some of that bias or you know kind of recency or just a, a hype bias that we get around players like this every once in a while. But I've got her all the way up at my number six spot. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and take a break right here um, and uh, just appreciate you guys. We're going to have, I'm going to have part two releasing tomorrow. And so make sure you're listening for that. And, uh, yeah, it should be good to go. Um, but, uh, yeah, go ahead and make sure you're checking out WNBA nation.com. I will have this mock draft going up, um, within a day or two after these episodes release, so that you can hop on and see, um you know read through them i'll have little blurbs about each of them and then these points you know kind of their stats along with it so watch for that that will be going up on wmanation.com um and uh yeah hope you enjoy the conference tournaments. march is starting and it's my favorite month of the entire year it's my birthday month i think that uh i think it was just fitting that i was born in the month of march because i absolutely love this month i love brackets i love basketball and uh, this gets to merge both of those things. It's a happy birthday for me. So there you go. There's part one. Stay tuned for part two tomorrow as uh, as I'll be looking at uh, numbers seven through 12 in the first round, as well as a couple honorable mentions to keep your eyes out for. Um, but for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood, and we got you next time.